Hello and welcome to Sheffield Board Gamers Podcast, the official podcast of the Sheffield Board Games Club. My name is Rick, I'm joined today by Tom. Hello Tom. Hello. And we're going to chat about a couple of the games we've been playing recently at the club. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a playtesting session that's held at the Treehouse. And also before that, we've got a bit of news. One of the things is that we had a bring and buy again recently at the club. So back in November, I think it was, we had a bring and buy where people could bring in like their old games and you know sell them for money or buy new ones. And we did another one that was quite popular, quite, quite a big table full of games. Yeah, a big pile of games. Some good ones there as well. That's a good thing about it. There's quite a good, uh, a good variety of stuff on the table. Some good stuff. So I think I bought one of your games, that Paris... Paris one, yes. the two-player one. I haven't tried that yet, so I don't know what it's like, but I'm going to play it with Tracy uh, when she's got a day off at some point. Did you, uh, did you buy anything? Uh, yes, I got um, the a small two-player game based on Agricola. It's Agricola or Creatures Great and Small. Oh, yeah. Small. Yeah, yeah, that one. I don't know. It's a it's, um, two-player game with the same sort of theming as Agricola, yeah. but it's you know different. It's, it's still worker placement and... And things, and you yeah, building up bits of farm, but it works in different ways mm. to the big game. Oh, cool! Yeah, had a couple of games of that. I had a giant tower of pigs, which was nice. <laughs> yeah, it's all animals, no, no um, crops. Yeah, um, we've. Uh, I've also uh, seen in the news. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this as well. That um, pandemic, the digital version of pandemic, it's been removed from all the digital stores. Oh. So it was available on Steam, it was on Apple devices, and Android store. Uh, it's been taken off now. Oh, why is that then? Uh, I don't think there's been an official reason. Uh, they did put out, the developers of it put out uh, a statement. It says, this decision was made with a heavy heart for a multi- multitude of reasons that we cannot disclose. So I'm guessing <laughs> something to do with contracts or money or something like that. If they can't disclose it, it'll be something like that, won't it? Yeah, I guess so. However, I did notice that it is available on Board Game Arena. You can play it online it there. Is, yes. I played it online uh, the other week. Yeah. Uh, well, last week, in fact, yes. If you have the app already on your phone or on your tablet, it doesn't get deleted. You can still keep it on there. So I've got it on my phone, I think. I've got it on my tablet as well. Um, so you won't like lose out or anything. It doesn't stop working, but uh, obviously there won't be any more updates or anything. But yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit strange that... Uh, it's kind of disappeared off those platforms, but still, but uh, apart from one, <laughs> mm. so maybe they've yeah, uh, maybe they've got exclusivity on it for some reason, or the designer stepped in and had something to say about it or something. I don't like say so we don't know. We're only speculating about what the reasons are, but it's a um, nice up, nice implementation on Boggy Arena. It worked very smoothly when I tried it on Wednesday. How was it? it? Uh, yeah, and we and we had a a very satisfying uh, last action victory, which is. Which we thought wasn't going to happen, but oh, we just managed cool. it. Yeah, which is great. We can exactly what you want. But. Yeah, it's good that it happens. Yeah, um, I presume it. I presume it does everything for you online. Then, so it draws the cards, puts the cubes out, does the outbreaks, things like that. Yep, yep, does that. Fantastic. All you got to do is yeah. uh, click uh, on the top. You know, draw the next card when it's. When it gives you the option to. Yeah. So yeah, it all works very nicely. Does all the all that for you. Yeah, yeah. That's what I like about Board Game Arena. It does all those kind of actions for you automatically, all the stuff, all, counting all your score at the end, all that kind of thing. Yeah, I play a game of uh, uh, Feast for Odin on there, and I don't mm. know if you've seen that game, but it takes up um, an enormous amount of space <laughs> and has trades full of components all over the place. Mm. And, you know, it's it's a lot easier to, to set up yeah. just clicking on a button on Board Game Arena. Yeah. 
Yeah, I do still like. I will bring the physical copy to a, a board game session at some oh, point. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the more uh, the more games I play of his, the the more I like them. Yeah, he's got a good thing going on. Yeah, Uwe Rosenberg. Yeah, I've got quite a few of his games. Yeah, I've only, I've only played a few of them, but the ones that I, I played, I did like. Is the uh, is a two player one Uwe Rosenberg, or is that somebody else who's designed it? Uh, I believe it's just Rosenberg, yes. Okay, okay. So, uh, on to the games that we've played recently then. So, I've got a couple of games to talk about. The first one uh, is a game called Furnace. Um, I've seen this and it does look very, uh, very nice. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. It's two to four I'd like players. like to play this at some point. Yeah, <laughs> two to four players. It takes between 30 and 60 minutes, I think, depending on the player count. Uh, and the designer is Ivan Lashin. So, this is a kind of engine building game that uses. Uh, an engine building game that uses cards so it's uh, card based and there's four rounds so it's over really quickly there's only four rounds and in each round what you do have, you have is you have like a bidding phase where you bid on the cards that you want and then there's an engine phase where you actually use your cards to run your engine and get resources and then turn those resources into money which is basically your points so the first uh, the first step is the auction phase this is quite clever you get a row of, there's like a shared deck in the middle of the table with all the different um uh, cards on there and each card will do like a, a a thing so it'll convert one resource into another or it'll turn a resource into points or it'll do various different things um, each player has four tokens which are labeled from one to four and uh, each when it's your turn basically you put one of your tokens on one of your cards uh, there's a couple of rules involved with that you can't have the same color token on a card so you can't bid on the same card twice and you can't have the same number on the same card so if somebody else has put a number three on the card, you can't put a number three on. You have to use a different token. Uh, and that's really straightforward, and it works really well because it means that there's never any ties. Uh, when you look at the cards at the end of the round, once everybody's placed all their tokens out, you know exactly who's going to get what, and it's dead easy to tell uh, who's going to get the card. But the thing is, if you don't get the card, if you lose out on the actual card itself, you get a compensation. So at the top of the card, there's a little compensation section, and that, again, will give you a couple of resources, or it'll let you do something, it'll let you upgrade a card, or whatever it might be. So sometimes you'll be putting a token on a card, not even wanting the card itself, you just want the resources that it gives you from the top section, from the compensation. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes you do want the card, so some, do, you want, do you want to lead with your four, which is like your most powerful token, or do you want to hang off and see if anybody else bids on it, because you might get it for a one or a two, maybe, if nobody else bids on it. So that's quite interesting. It's kind of a bidding auction kind of thing at the start. And then once everybody's done that, you hand out all cards to people, you get your resources from your compensation, and then you run your engine. So basically your cards you get in front of you uh, that are converting these resources into other resources. You do each one in turn, and then the ultimate goal is to get your, get your coins, get the money. And then you do that four times. So it's uh, it's really quick. It's uh, I think like when we played it, it was like 45, 50 minutes in a four-player game. We played it a couple of times. I think I played it three-player. I haven't played it two-player yet. Um, with two-player auction games, sometimes they're a bit lopsided. Uh, but with it, the way this one works is you get a dice. Uh, a die, sorry. There's only one. <laughs> so you, uh, if you're playing two-player, you roll a die and you put like a, a token on one of the cards to represent like a dummy player taking that card. Um, but what what's really fun about this is running your engine and doing it, uh, you know, doing the conversions to to get your get your resources. So um, you can kind of put them in a row next to your uh, next to your starting fact tray, and you basically run them in order. And um, there's a variation where you can 
uh, you can't rearrange the cards. In the standard game, you could just rearrange them and run, run them in any order you want. But in the more advanced game, you have to run them in order. So you, you, when you get a new card, you have to put it either at the front of the line or at the end of the line, and then you, you have to run it from left to right. Each player has their own unique skill as well, a, a unique ability. So each player plays slightly differently. Uh, one of the players has like an extra bidding token. Uh, one of the players can ignore like the rules about placing the same number on the same card. It sounds like quite powerful powers. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's um, really impressive when a game can do that and it all, all still works. Like, like obviously this is going to totally break the game and I'm going to be so powerful, but then so, so alert's power. They, yeah. they do seem to be quite balanced as well. I think it, it, yeah. you have to take kind of advantage of the of the power that you've got. I think one one is like makes upgrades cheaper, so you when, you can flip the cards over to the other side. And that upgrades it and gives it a, makes it more efficient. It looks really nice on the table. Um, it's kind of got kind of like a Victorian kind of industrial theme, but it, it looks really modern as well because like the backgrounds are white, the cards are white, and like the mm. box is white as well with like the logo on and the uh, the picture on the front. So it kind of it, it looks modern, but it's got an old old world kind of feel about it as well, which is really nice. I definitely want to try this one at some point. Oh, the uh, the cards look different as well. You know, uh, the factory cards that you get, they've got like a, uh, an illustration of a factory on them. When you upgrade them and you flip the card over, it's the same illustration, but things are slightly different. So they might, oh, that's nice. might have like an extra chimney on there or there'll be an extra building or there'll be something slightly different on the other side, which is quite cool. I like I like when there's little details like that. Yeah. I mean, they didn't need to do it. It would have been fine to just have the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's, it's not easy to spot as well because it does look very similar uh, what, one one downside we found that is when we're playing the bit at the bottom it shows you what's on the other side of the card as well on the upgraded side it's kind of greyed out, it's not like in a different colour or anything like that, it's kind of you know, slightly greyed out kind of colour like a, it's hard to describe yeah. it but it's, it's yeah, we, we found that it, that was a little bit confusing because it's on the it's on the side of the card that that, that kind of gives you the the ability when you get it, but uh, once you once you've you know once you've seen it, you, you know what to look for. It it's pretty straightforward. So that's one one little downside. But uh, yeah, apart from that, it's a it's a really nice production. It's a it's a good quick game. It's uh, like I said, it's well under an hour, even at four players. Uh, yeah, it's a good fun one if you like your kind of combo building, engine building kind of uh, efficiency game. Then yeah, it's worth a try. That's furnace. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. So, what you've been up to? What you've been playing recently? Uh, well, I did try a, a game that was new to me uh, last um, club session on Tuesday. Uh, I played um, the well. I suppose we were talking about the sort of uh, little version of big games with the Grickler earlier on. Uh, this is the uh, a little version of Terraforming Mars. <laughs> it's Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition. Mm. It's still multiplayer. I believe it's two to four. But it sort of takes the big, well, it's one to four actually. Just checking. Um, it takes the big game and sort of shrinks it down to a one-hour game. Mm. I mean, a big one could take like um, two or three hours. So it's still a substantial game, uh, and there's a lot going on still. Uh, there's a, a smaller board in the middle with like a few, with like a, a dozen tiles to sort of flip instead of a big board with lots of different places where you can place things. Mm. And uh, it sort of takes the action selection mechanism from Race for the Galaxy, if you know that. Um, also used in Roll for the Galaxy and, and things like that, where 
there's like five different phases and you all choose secretly which phase you wanted to activate all right yeah then if anybody's chosen phase one then phase one will happen mm. where you um so sort of acquire this sort of card uh if anyone's chosen phase two then phase two will happen if nobody's chosen phase three then we'll they'll just skip that mm. so yeah um but whoever so if the phase is happening you all do the action but whoever picked uh chose that action gets to do it um in a sort of more powerful way like mm. uh, you can uh, if it, if it's one way you sort of uh, you can place down blue or red cards then after you've done that you can also play another blue or red card um for example and there's another phase for getting income and in that you can get in, uh, activate one of the other cards again <laughs> um yeah so it's um it takes that uh, action selection mechanism which was a uh, it, it works great in roll and race for the galaxy and it works great here as well you you do the same thing as in the big brother game of uh, g- gradually getting more and more cards which all give you more and more stuff mm. and interact with each other and uh gradually bump up the oxygen level and the temperature of mars and the and some of the cards require it to be at a certain level of temperature before you can play it, mm. or you can only play it when it's in, when it's in this level. And uh, the end of the game comes when both of those are up at the top. I didn't do very well in it, I don't think. <laughs> I was playing against, against um, two people who had already played that game a few times, mm. and one person who was very good at uh, Terraforming Mars, the <laughs> Big Brother game. So yeah, um, I, I, did, I did respectably, but I definitely came last. Mm. And yeah, uh, getting it's sort of uh, like. Um, like with Furnace, it's an engine-building game. Yeah. And they always sort of... You sort of have to sort of get a feel for what things you need to do before you get good at it. And there was a lot of different things going on, but it was all sort of graspable, and I really enjoyed my playthrough of it, because yeah. I, I was immediately, at the end of the game, like thinking, oh, I, I could have done that differently, I could have done this better. Yeah. And you wanted to play again to try and uh, try and implement that. It's definitely something that uh, I'd want to try again. So is it one of those kind of games where you need to know, like some of the cards that are in the deck, does it matter? Like, if they, you were saying they've, they've played it before and obviously they've seen some of the cards already in some of the combos, did it, did, is that because they, need, they kind of knew what they were going for or is it does it not really matter for like a first player? Uh, I think a first player would, would work fine. You'd see uh, the sort of things that are uh, coming up. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's many, many different cards. No way you can sort of start uh, remembering. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to look out for that card. Yeah, because the other games have got a huge stack, it, of, stack of cards, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just um, you've got to try and work the best uh, with the cards that you find in your hand. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so I think um, getting used to it is more getting a, a sort of feel of what sort of uh, things you can do and, and which bits you need to uh, to press on and... I need to concentrate on this, and that bit's important, so I need to go and go do that. Mm. Yeah, the board is um, a tiny little thing. Instead of placing various different things down on Mars, all it is is some of the actions enable you to flip over an ocean tile, and suddenly there's an ocean there, and there's a little bonus on it. All right, yeah. So when you flip over that tile, you get a terraforming point, but mm. also you get this one-off bonus of like drawing another card or uh, immediately getting some um, temperature cubes or. It's a nice little thing, but it doesn't. It's it's not simulating the same thing as the the board and the Big Brother game. Mm. It is mainly a card game with a little bit going on on the board. Mm. Have, have they fixed the artwork in it? 
<laughs> what was wrong with the artwork? I seem to remember in the uh, in the bigger game, like some of them were kind of photos that had been like touched up. Some of them were art, art, like paintings. Uh, there was a bit of a mishmash of the artwork on the. On oh, the cards. that. <laughs> no, I mean all, all the art looks very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every it, I'm sure it's a. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they definitely made if that was a criticism of the big one I think I'm sure that's definitely something that they really concentrated uh, on okay. one, they all look good to me yeah yeah. and uh, I, I did see I saw you playing it I've seen a couple of other people playing it as well it does seem to be quite a big table kind of game uh, it kind of spreads out especially with like four players it, yeah I mean you end up with um, a fair amount of cards it's mm. not the same I mean if you see people playing the big one you've got dozens and dozens of cards next to you and you're trying to yeah. work out what yeah, and a big ball what and, what and yeah. interacts with what yeah it doesn't go as much as that but you do end up with uh maybe 12 15 cards mm. laid out next to you and you've got to work out uh, and they've all got to be a lot of them have to be still visible so you can see their effects on things yeah. you know yeah so you do end up with a little tableau in front of you as well as your little player board where you're marking things and is, is there much interaction between the players are you like looking to see what other people are doing, or is it just really concentrating on your own, your own stuff to to build your engine up? Uh, well, you, you're building your engine up, but the, I think the main point of interaction is where you um, with the the phase selection thing, like in Race of Reality, oh, yeah. you're sort of yeah. thinking, ah, oh, they definitely need to activate their their blue buildings this time because they're uh, they've got a lot of them going on, and they need to activate them at some point so i'll just rely on them to do, to pick that yeah. well i'll pick this other phase and, uh, yeah. yeah yeah so yeah there's a bit of predicting what other people are going to get mm. but mainly uh, you can just concentrate on one building up your own engine but yeah if you do that extra little bit of uh, prediction then you might get a, an advantage yeah yeah it sounds good um yeah it's one that i'd like to try at some point yeah yeah i recommend it no, no doubt there'll be uh loads of expansions coming out for it soon oh i expect so yes <laughs> uh so the next game that i played um at the club was a game called new york slice oh yes i played this one this is the pizza one isn't it that's the one yeah yeah it's um it, it's based on a pizza and you, it's uh, basically a uh, split and choose game i think that's what they call it you i i split and you choose yes so the game's made up of these slices of pizza which are all uh, numbered they all have a number on them and the number is the uh, number of points you get at the end of the game if you have the most of that slice of pizza. So if I have the most eights at the end of the game, I, that would be worth eight points. Uh, so basically you shuffle up all these uh, slices and then you put them into piles and then you make a full pizza out of these slices. So I think there's 12 slices. Uh, and there's also a card which goes with it as well, which is like a special order card, which is like a special ability or something that breaks the rules or something that's slightly different. So whoever's the uh, server, uh, that's the first player, will divide up the pizza into sections, uh, into portions. And uh, the number of portions equal to the number of players. So if you're playing a six-player game, there'll be six portions. And each portion could be any size you want. It could be just one slice, so it could be the whole thing apart from one or whatever. Um, you just decide how you want it to, to be split up. Uh, and then starting with the player to the left of the server, uh, they'll take a portion, and then it'll keep going round until uh, it gets back to you again, and then you take whatever's left over, so one, there'll be one portion left over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you do that over a number of rounds, 
and then you look at what uh, what slices you've taken. Um, you can eat the, what they call eat the slices. So let's say, Tom, if you've got six of the eights already out there, there's eight slices in the game. You've got six of them, so there's no chance I'm going to uh, win that. What you can do is when you take the other eights, you can just eat them, which is worth a couple of extra points. Um, so you can do that at, at some point. If you know you're not, you're not going to get any points off it at the end of the game, you can just eat it and get a couple of points off it that way. So you keep going around until all the slices have been dealt out, you add up all the scores uh, for each player, and then most points wins. Uh, so this is kind of a family game, I would say. It takes about half an hour to play, 40 minutes probably tops. There's a few little things that are a little diff- difficult to explain. Some of the pieces have anchovies on them, which are worth negative points. Uh, some of the slices have, like, uh, a divided in the middle, so it's it's worth a half a point, so some of those are a little bit... Uh, you have to kind of explain those as they come out but other than that it's really dead straightforward you're just dividing up the pizza looking at what people have got oh I don't want him to have the 11s so I'll split the 11s up but sometimes you can't help because of the way that the pizza comes out in the first place sometimes there are like three 11s next to each other so you just have to end up splitting it up as best as you can yeah and when you split them up you've got to make sure that people uh, all the slices are good, otherwise you'll end up with something rubbish, because all, all the good yeah, slices have been taken, yeah. You you pick last, yeah, so if, if you make one portion that's only one slice and nobody else wants it, you'll probably end up with that one, so yeah. it's judging kind of, yeah, what what, the, what you think other people want as well. Which is pretty straightforward to do, because you can see their slices in front of them, they're not hidden or anything, so throughout the game, you'll get these and lined up in front of you. Um, I really like the presentation on this one, it comes in like a pizza box, mm, <laughs> that yes. they, lift, they lift up uh, the instructions look like a menu. Uh, they like fold out like a menu. Uh, the the rules and there's like a scoring pad as well, which looks like a service check, which is quite cool. <laughs> yeah, so I quite I'm, like the theme of it and the uh, the, it, the production and the presentation of it. The the pizza is illustrated really nicely. It looks like a proper pizza when it's all together on the table. Yeah, I think the presentation makes it a really fun game to play. Actually, I've, yeah. I've played it a couple of times at the um, you know the um, library has its. I think it's game oh, collection yeah. and, it, and it, it, it did um, game nights every so often. I used to go to them before the pandemic. I think they're starting up again now, so just check. All right, yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, they had some. Um, that that was one of the games they got out for, for people, mm. so I played, I'll try it there. And uh, I do remember it being. I, I do remember the anti rule because I was, I was appealed that the anti anti propaganda that it was represented. <laughs> obviously the designer doesn't like anti-rees. I'd, I'd have had so, a yeah. positive point to myself. Yeah, anti yeah. are great. Uh, what, one of the cards, one of the uh, extra cards that you can get is I like anti-rees, and it turns them into positive <laughs> points. So yeah. you could, uh, yeah, you could end up with that and get get them. Oh yeah, I'd go for that one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was I was saying when I think when we played it, I quite like anti-rees, so I don't see what the problem is really. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's quite a good fun. It's like I say, it's not very long. It's like half an hour. So it, even if you don't like this kind of game, usually it's um, it doesn't outstay its welcome. It's it's over pretty quickly. Like I say, it's a it's a family style game. So it doesn't you know you don't have to really think about it and really concentrate. But you can put thought into what other people have got. You know, and, and compare comparing. You know, oh, I think I think they're going for the threes or the fours, or I'll go for the nines or the tens or something and get more points that way, or. So it is, yeah, it's a good game. I quite enjoyed it. Um, I think it was designed as like a, a pie theme to start off with. I think the older version of it is like a a pie yeah. theme, like cherry pie and apple pie and things like that. It's so it called Piece of Cake, it was originally. So yeah. That'd be quite cool. But the, the one I've got is, uh, is New York Slice. And uh, yeah, it's a good one. I quite like that game. It's good. Good fun game. Hmm. Uh, any other games you've got you want to talk about? 
Uh, I haven't played many uh, new ones. I've, I've played a few good old ones. A good game of uh, Castles of Burgundy that I showed some people at, uh, at the weekend. Just, yeah. yeah, I introduced that to uh, Lizzie and Margarita and Samuel and, at, the, mm. at the Red Deer. So, yeah, seemed to go, go down okay. Uh, it's a classic game. Yeah, I think there's a, is there a new edition come out with uh, slightly prettier art and things as well. And All right, yeah. expansions. Yeah. But yeah, but I'm, I'm playing with the uh, classic old <laughs> beige version. Yeah. <laughs> when all Euro games had lots of beige in them. Which I, <laughs> I, I like beige. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we, we played uh, Cosmic Frog again. Uh, we talked about that before, but we had another game of Cosmic Frog where you kind of hopping around on this map of, of the cosmos and kind of swallowing chunks of planets and things. That's a that's a good game. Quite enjoyed that. Yeah, sounds mad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, the theme, I don't know where it comes from, whether it's coming from a comic book or if it's like a just a made-up theme, but it's a bit psychedelic. The the artwork's a little bit yeah out there as well, which is like kind of 70s-inspired kind of science fiction uh theme it, it's it's absolutely bonkers but it plays really well it, it's like uh uh it's yeah kind of an area game where you, uh, you you've got like a little plastic frog and you sort of jumping on these areas trying to trying to get points swallow swallow these planets and put them into your into your gullet to score points <laughs> even saying it out loud sounds uh, <laughs> yeah sounds uh yeah weird but yeah, to, if you actually play the game, yeah, it's a good game. It's worth worth a try if you, uh, if you see that one. So I think that's pretty much it then for the games we've played. So shall we move on to the next section? Yeah. What's so I section? want to he- I want to hear about uh, what you've been playing uh, at the playtest. So ah, well. uh, you've been um, kind of organising the playtest session, session at the Treehouse, is that right? I have, yes. It's um, a monthly session. So we've had, had a few sessions now since we started it back up again it's at the moment starting it's taking place on the second sunday of the month hmm. at the treehouse board game cafe on boston street uh which is great treehouse board game cafe great yeah it is it's really good yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a plug from there um, highly recommended yeah yeah and nice bagels as well um yeah. yeah so it's a monthly session we just have one of the little side rooms for the evening um from like six or seven o'clock onwards hmm. until they close until they took us out and people come along uh, a lot of people come with prototype games to try and and some people just come to try games which is mm. very nice of them yeah, um, yeah. and yeah so um, last night uh, we just had a session for the, for February and there was a, a pretty good turnout there was um, 12 or 13 people I think mm. and we had five or six games tried there were some i don't know right. if you've seen the the i put some photos of it up on uh, yeah, yeah. instagram and facebook there hmm. were some uh, very pretty prototypes some people have put a lot of effort into these there was uh, oh, really? yeah there was a hmm. uh, one with lots of little wooden pieces representing mushrooms and snails and it was on a, a big sort of wooden board Hmm. Split into hex and hexagons. It was. I didn't actually uh, see any of the gameplay of that, but people sounded like they were having a great time. But <laughs> uh, and you know anything with truffles and snails mm. uh, sounds good to me. Yeah. They were doing some sort of various magic spells to move these things around as well. I don't know exactly how it played, but it's a, it looked good. Well, over in the other corner, there was a very nicely produced board of um, uh, various islands in the sea, and you, and the people were sailing their ships around. With their uh, their pirates, who oh, were all yeah. dogs, yeah, 
Dog, dog pirates <laughs> is the theme, and it's got, and obviously um, it'll have it, it's got lots of um, dog puns in there. Like they don't have mutinies; they have muttonies. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> uh, and that was sort of um, you know uh, sailing around, getting goods, trading them in for for money, and then buying upgrades to your ship, getting cannons, expanding your ship, getting more crew. So they, there was a lot of good times happening there. And then there was some sort of... I, I, I was um, sort of listening to the uh, initial setup of this where he's starting to explain the rules and it, and it sounded like... Um, uh, you, you know the computer game Age of Empires? Hmm. Yeah, it sounded pretty much like that. You, you got your this little bit that you uh, can see and you can go out and explore other bits of terrain and All right, uh, yeah. then go and attack your your neighbour that knocked down their buildings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there was a... Again, that was a beautifully produced prototype with lots of, um, you know, double-layered cardboard uh, boards wow. where you can put your, uh, put your tokens on. Uh, and then there was me with um, some cards with, scribbled on with felt-tip pen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had a... I had a doesn't have to look beautiful, does it? It, it doesn't, doesn't have really to look beautiful, no, no. What it looks like. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's nice if it's you know got a bit of artwork on there, but... It... No, no, it's absolutely not important to spend 100 hours putting together a prototype. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, there was another guy with um, some uh, little cards that just print, printed out and stuffed it in, in some sleeves, mm. and uh, another guy with a game of uh, Parliament, which is just, you know, drawn in biro on a on a yeah. A4 piece of paper, Yeah. and then move some cubes around on that. And he's been that's like the third version of this, and, and you know, if you want to change something in it, okay, I'll just scribble that bit out and write another bit in, or draw another, <laughs> draw another one. It, it's really the thing with doing a really big, import, um, impressive prototype is if you decide that you need to change something, it's really hard to do. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 when you're at a sort of the start start of the uh, prototyping uh, design phase, and uh, quick prototyping is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd um, before we went, I'd spent most of the afternoon wrestling with a computer, trying to get it working properly, <laughs> and you know, with the idea that if I ever did get it working, I mm. would actually print out some nice cards. But while I was failing to getting it get it working, I just um, uh, got out some sharpies and, and wrote on some cards, and, yeah. <laughs> and that was my prototype for that evening. Yeah. And, and you know, I had a sort of uh, little chaotic card game where you're placing out. Uh, card with numbers and it simultaneously adds value to the place you're putting it based on you know matching with other cards but yeah. also stakes your claim for a sort of uh, area control thing mm. so you know who gets to win whatever amount of money you've generated in that place is who put the most cards yeah so it's um and you know that worked out quite nicely yeah with the uh cards that I'd, I'd drawn that afternoon uh, I'll probably work on that a little bit more, but it, it, it looks like it, it's posit- it's a it's got potential for developing that a bit more. Oh, good, yeah. good. How, how how important is it playing in person to get you to get your game sort of tested and played? Because oh, you can play you can play online, can't you? And you can play. Yeah, there's a few um, uh, sort of online play testing sessions yeah. that happen, and I've. I've been along to a couple of them. I mean, a, a few of them have sort of uh, grown up over the um, lockdown period. So mm. as soon as people weren't able to meet in person, they replaced it with um, yeah, going on, um, having a, a set time where people sort of arranged to 
uh, meet up and test games on um, Tabletop Simulator or Tabletopia. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a few other platforms for different types of things as well. That's a bit different. I, I, I've been along to a couple of those and, and tried out games on there. And you can, you can test out um, how the gameplay works and whether things are moving smoothly and mm. nothing breaks and things. Um, uh, I, it, it is different because sometimes a lot of the problems that people are having with the game are problems with interacting with Tabletop Simulator and, oh, God, how do I, how do I pick up this card and turn it over? Yeah, and, yeah. and that sometimes gets in the way. And also, in real life, uh, you get to see how people react. Hmm. And that's an important thing. I mean, it might get to the end of the game and you, know, you say, how, what do you think? And they say, oh, it was, it was good. But in the middle of the game, you, you'd notice, oh, they, they seem a bit disengaged with that element of the game. They just, yeah. So what oh, do you do? Oh, uh, that was going to be my next question. Um, if you're playing with if you're playing with someone that you know or someone with strangers, uh, how do you get the feedback? How do you judge kind of what they thought of it? Did you, is that just a question at the end or is it kind of like, say, watching them throughout the game and seeing how they're playing the game or how, how do you judge? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you can ask people at the end to sort of uh, get, uh, try and find out what their experience of the game was. You know, like, were there any times where you felt felt frustrated or... Yeah. Um, were there any bits of the game that you weren't really looking at, uh, like you or didn't really pay any attention to that track over there or whatever, mm. uh, in, in a more complicated game? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the feedback is just observing them at the time, right. and sometimes it kind of depends on what kind of game it is and what sort of thing you're looking to to test. Whether mm. it's testing whether the the gameplay works or whether there's any way to break it or how, how people feel about it, whether it's uh, an actual fun experience. Generally, I mean, sometimes people can make suggestions which are really good, but um, generally not what you're looking for is like how it's working now rather than mm. ideas for how to do it. I mean, because you've probably got more ideas on how to move it forward than um, anyone else if you're the one that's been sort of absorbed mm. in the design for the last however long. People can sort of come and just test... Uh, just part of a game as well, like oh, I just want to test the the combat mechanism from this game that I'm designing, or something. Mm. So yeah, and just see how people engage with that. It's obviously more difficult to design to to get people to test a big four-hour game mm. uh, than it is to say, oh, I've got this little card game. It'll take ten minutes. Do you want to try it? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you can <laughs> test that five hundred times by the time the other person is with their big strategy game has tested it uh, twice. Yeah, yeah. And and I can imagine if it is quite a big game that if if something goes wrong at the start or if something goes wrong at the end, it's probably difficult to try and catch that and work out which bit isn't working or which bits do work in a longer game than it is kind of a short game. Yeah, which might... uh, There might be a good way of... um, so like splitting it up, like I said, just testing. Oh, I'm just testing the first 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 yeah, minute. Yeah, do, do a couple of rounds or something. Yeah, yeah or yeah. imagine we're in the middle of a game. Like you've got this many resources, and you've got this many resources. Like let's yeah. let's start there and see how it goes. Yeah, things yeah. like that. So you might have to look, these strategies for that. I mean, I've I've sort of t- uh, gone into more more short term games, like um, maximum an hour. Some mm. of mine, yeah, so fairly medium medium to light card games or just really light things like I've mm. got I had one called Dice Frenzy which literally takes five minutes which is <laughs> uh, I should get that one out again um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah a, an amazing thing with uh, games though is you can 
have a great idea and think, yeah, this is amazing. This is definitely going to work. And then like 30 seconds after putting it in front of someone else, you go, oh, obviously it doesn't work. Why does it take <laughs> And just that playtesting yeah. is, is, you just can't replace it. No matter yeah. how much yeah. you sit and think about how things are going to work, it's, it, it's no substitute for actually putting it in front of people. Yeah. And how long are you actually there for? Is it like a full evening? Are you, are you there from like tea time onwards or is it like a day or? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yesterday we pretty much started at six o'clock. I mean, there were people oh, right. people right there from the start and got straight into the game, really. Yeah. Um, sometimes a bit of you know, sitting around chatting beforehand, but mm. this time it was straight in. So it was six o'clock right, right through till um, I think it was like uh, half ten that we uh, finally uh, finished the last game. Right. So, I mean... The Dog Pirates game uh, was a you know fairly meaty game, and then mm. the same group played the uh, the fantasy combat you know the one that looked like Age of Empires um, mm. game uh, straight after. So you know they managed two fairly big meaty games in one evening, which is um, which is really good because uh, yeah those are the sort of games that you you want to get people to try, and it's harder to get people together. So this is a mm, this mm. sort of event where you have a, an evening dedicated to it is uh, really good for those yeah. sort of designs. And I, I guess you can uh, make contact as well, can't you? So if you, yeah. if you sort of meet somebody who's there who's interested in the same kind of things as you are, you can like bounce ideas off them or... Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's some people who've... Uh, if someone's already had an experience of like uh, Kickstarter or publishing things and the, their experiences. <laughs> Uh, valuable, and you can sort of pick their brains a bit. Yeah, like you have. <laughs> I have. Well, I I've had one, a designer. one game kickstarted. Yes, by somebody else, which I had, I had nothing to do with the campaign or anything. So yes, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was nice. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Tom Lovewell uh, as uh, formerly uh, attendee at that uh, session. Mm. Yeah, obviously, he's uh, moved away to Gloucester now. So. Mm. Uh, Missing him a bit, but yeah. yes, he's uh, yeah, yeah. he's had a few uh, Kickstarters going, and obviously Samuel comes along with uh, some of his designs as well. All right, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've uh, got a few regulars and a few new faces every time. Yeah, it's good. It's good that you can get bodies into a room and actually get it done, rather than like say playing online or you know playing playing it solo or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure it. Uh, I'm sure it helps out a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's, uh, get that. it's an important part of the design process. How do you how do you know when a game's done? Is it ever done? Can you, are you always tweaking it? And at some point, you just have to say, like that's that's the game, or uh, come back to it in six <laughs> months' time and say like revisit it. Or how? I'm not saying sort of in general. I'm probably more asking this kind of how you how you handle it. Well, I may not be the right person to answer. <laughs> yeah, because I'm more in it for the. Um, design is a fun game in itself. Right, okay. <laughs> so you know, I've never actually um, said, right, I'm definitely going to get a game published in, in the next two months. But, you know. yeah. but yeah, I mean, we've had some people coming along, um, Tom Lovewell for, for one, who yeah. uh, are just really good at just getting something done. Yeah, and they yeah. go, right. Uh, so they come to one month like here's an idea for a game and then the next month oh I've, I've developed it to this and then a couple of months later they oh right I've published it <laughs> <It's great. laughs> um, there's a a guy named Thibaut we pr- pretty much saw his game all the way through from initial idea to kickstarting it uh, yeah. yeah 
that was the Houses of Knowledge, which he oh, yeah. started last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was doing that sort of as a project for a design course. He, mm. He'd done, he'd, you know, um, come up with a design for a game, so he did. Mm. And then he published it. And, it just, <laughs> yes. and meanwhile, um, me and Tommy were there fiddling around with the same game that we started, <laughs> uh, we'd started with. Yeah, and um, yeah, he just, he just did it. And I'm really impressed when people just, just do that because they get everything together, they get all the, the artwork done. I mean, you know, he had a slight advantage with the artwork being actually married to the artist. But yes, <laughs> he's actually yeah. a graphic designer, which, is, which probably helps. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the guy with the uh, Dog Pirates game, he's uh, published another game beforehand. And, oh, really? And yeah. he was saying with this game, oh yeah, start thinking about it in December. And it's a, mm. it's an amazing thing. It looks like a half <laughs> half, half, uh, half professionally published. I mean, he's got... Um, Wow. Amazing components and uh, professional-looking cards and things, and he's yeah. just, just just done this in the last couple of two months. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. do that really. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, when you when you know it's finished, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, there's, it's probably the same with like other you know artistic things like writing a book or something. Mm. It, it's never finished. It, it, you just have to say, you just have to say one day, right? I'm not doing any more on it. That's it. It's good enough. <laughs> Not good enough, you know. It's good. Yeah. Um, I could fiddle with it for the next 20 years or I could just finish it now. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, I think, uh, was it Gil Hoover? I think uh, sometimes says that, you know, if you do a playtest with someone and they, and, uh, and they want to buy it, then mm. <laughs> that, that probably means it's done, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be quite interested. Uh, I, I do. I watch um, review videos on YouTube, and sometimes I see people's like shelves in the backgrounds, and sometimes they have like books, uh, you know, like design books and things. There's quite a few books and stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a couple of interesting books out there, like you know, uh, I can't remember what the, the get cobbled just guide to game puzzle design or something. All right, That's yeah. from, like um. It sort of uh, gives a sort of overview of what sort of types of games there are and things. Yeah. And there's um, a book by Jeff Engelstein and Isaac Schlev. That's think. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, the mechanics yeah. with all the yes. mechanics in it. That's sort yeah, of a, yeah. sort of a reference work where they've sort of broken down all the different elements of games. Like here's one mechanic that you can use for. Mm. Um, it is. Uh, so the, uh, there's a whole section on auction mechanics, and you can do auctions like this, or <laughs> do auctions like that, or this one, or that sort of thing. Um, mm. And they've they've got like 600 different mechanisms that you can incorporate into a game. So that would be a um, sort of a good resource for designers to sort of flick through and, and either go, oh, that would work instead of my current mechanic for how to select things. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe. You could just flick through and just sort of get inspiration from something like, "Oh, that's interesting. I could do that. Mm. Maybe I could do, if if I'm doing that. Maybe I could sort of do this and do that." I mean, I've um, listened to a lot of the Ludology podcast, which mm. is all about all about game design. It had Jeff Eggleston on it for the first few hundred episodes, <laughs> so I've mm. so been going for a long time. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it, that's a, a really interesting resource. Um, and I remember when I was, you know, uh, you know, when you catch up with a podcast that's been going for a long time, hmm. then you end up sort of listening to um, ten episodes a week. Yeah, you can go <laughs> back, can't you? Yeah, start. Yeah, yeah. So to the old ones. <laughs> when I was doing the catch up bit and, and binging on those, there was a lot of episodes where I'd sort of drift off halfway through, and because they'd mentioned some idea for games, and I was uh, just like, oh, yeah. okay, okay. 
oh, maybe I could do that. Oh, I thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sort of um, reading things like that and yeah, uh, and listening to podcasts and just thinking about other people's sort of getting into the intricacy of design work can inspire you for going on your own thing. I think I think especially like if you've got any interesting sort of player games and, and like gaming in general, then that's one of the things that always crops up, isn't it? You want to make your own games or yeah, you know, how would you do things differently and things like that. Especially especially if you've got time on your hands, like you said, with the pandemic and everything, if you've been stuck at home or Absolutely. stuff like that. It's, I think it's I mean, spurred people on a little bit. A lot of people get into um, designs in a little way by, you know, doing um, sort of little homebrew things for currently mm. published games. Like, oh, maybe if I do a little house rule here, I can... Uh, yeah, I was I was um, listening to a podcast today about solo games, and that's how some of the solo modes for games yeah uh, kind of get designed if they're not in the box, you know, with the initial uh, purchase of the of the game itself. Uh, a lot of times, the people you know people will kind of design their own and and start off, start off doing that way. And some some of the people that have been doing that have been picked um, uh, hired by the designers to to. Either develop them or put them into their future games for them as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of um, sort of rules variants out there on uh, any any game you look at on Board Game Geek. Mm. There's, there's a for in the forum there. There's rules variants that people are suggesting. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people try and uh, start on that. I've, I've actually never done that myself, but uh, <laughs> some people do. Or there's mm. uh, various sort of challenges that people do like competitions and things board game geek, board game geek again has uh, a little design competition for them so it like uh, there'll be some competitions going on for you know mm. this company wants a wants a card game based on liter- uh, work on literature or something but then mm. they have a sort of regular monthly thing like um, a 24 hour contest like ba- based on this theme come up with a game in 24 hours <laughs> or they have a a, a yearly Design a eighteen card mini game contest, like a, a, a wallet game. Type yeah, thing. Yeah. Thing, yeah. So like little challenges game. that you mm. can uh, put into a contest and see what mm. you, how you get. Just it's, it's sort of a uh, like a short story writing competition in 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 same sort of thing, I suppose. Mm. Um, mm. Just a little challenge to get people going, get things done, and then you've got a product at the end. Uh, which you may develop into something else. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's a few actual published games that have come out of that sort of thing. So yeah, there's a lot, lot of ways of just sort of uh, getting into it just gradually, without having to actually immediately go for right. I'm going to do a million pound Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, re- remind us again. Then when is it and where is it? Uh, it is the second Sunday of the month at the Treehouse Board Game Cafe. Um, from 6pm. Having said that, the March one may not be on the second Sunday of the month at 6pm because that uh, clashes with Aircon, I believe, uh, okay. so, which uh, I'll be at. So yeah. we may have it on a different night or we may skip and uh, skip for that month or it may be taking place but someone else running it. Uh, I'm not sure yet. How do people find out then? Is like a Facebook page or is there a, a website or? Uh, yeah, I uh, generally create a, an event on meetup.com and uh, Facebook. And the Treehouse usually have it in their calendar as well. Okay, yeah. Cool. So, yeah, any of those, keep an eye out. So, if that sounds interesting, yeah, definitely pop along. Sounds good. 
Right, okay, well, uh, Tom, thanks for uh, chatting with me today. It's been a pleasure talking to you as always. Uh, yeah, likewise. Uh, we are the Sheffield Board Games Club. We play every Tuesday at the University Arms and we play on the first Sunday of every month at the Red Deer. Uh, we're on Facebook. Check us out on there for the events and everything that's coming up. We've got a forum, www.sheffieldboardgamers.com. Have a look on there. Uh, if you want to come in and play your games, anybody's welcome to come and join us. You don't have to be a member or anything. You can just turn up and play some games. Or if you want to introduce yourself, you can log on to the forum and uh, say hello on there. And in the meantime, Tom, thank you for joining me again. Ah, and we'll speak to everyone soon. All right, bye for now. Bye.